Welcome to the Crazy Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Violeta Kaminska, and today we have a wonderful guest, Ari Van Triet. Hello, Ari. How are you? Hello, Violeta. Thanks. I'm good. I feel fine. Welcome to Crazy Bird Podcast. And before we start our conversation, let me introduce you to our listeners. Ari Van Triet studied radiation physics at the Delft University of Technology. He worked as a medical physicist at the Department of Radiology, Radiation, Oncology, and Nuclear Medicine. He got his own licensed X-ray studio in 2007, and after retiring from the hospital in 2012, he has been working on X-ray imaging of nature scenes with animals, plants, and flowers, bioramas. These X-ray images partly are colored. So once again, welcome to Crazy Bird Podcast, Ari. And I just want to reveal a big secret to my uh, listeners. It's not a secret, I'm just joking. We talked to you and I talked about it before we started this interview that I learned about your work in our very digital world. I actually learned about your work from an actual book that I got for Christmas. That's Bird Exploring the Wing World. And on page 231, that's when I found an image from your work, Kingfisher Feeding from 2018, X-ray. And it says Ari Van Treat. And I could not stop staring at that page. And then I read about you and then I thought, okay, now I hope I can find more information about this artist online. And that's where I did my investigation. And I found you. And of course I found you on Insta Instagram too. And that's how we really got in touch. So I feel very grateful that you agreed to this interview and you found time to talk to me and to share about your work and creativity with our listeners. And like I told you before we started this interview, I've been talking about your work for the last two weeks to my students, to my colleagues, to my friends. I'm really, really impressed with your work. And it's interesting, just at the moment when I think I've already uh, learned so much and I know everything about your work, I discovered there's something new. Like today, I actually ordered your book. But we can talk about it in a second because otherwise I will have my monologue going and I'm known for talking a lot. But I would like you to talk. So... Ari, once again, welcome. Where are you right now? Now, uh, first of all, thanks for your kind words about my work. I'm at home uh, in the Netherlands, in Holland, in the eastern part of, uh, of the Netherlands, nearby the city of Deventer, an old city, real nice city, but a small city. Is it cold? Not really cold. It's about two degrees below zero, two degrees Celsius. That's not so true. it's hardly freezing. Yes, yeah, it's a bit not, cold not, in Savannah today. Not freezing, but for me, it's a bit cold because I'm used to very hot and humid weather in Savannah. But right now, yeah. it's a little bit cold. But I wanted to ask you, so I got to see your wonderful work. And what I found really surprising when I started reading about you, you make jokes about it that you didn't call yourself an artist. Or I remember watching your TED Talk and listening to you and you said, somebody told you it's art. Okay, so it's art. But your background, like I just shared with our listeners, is in x-ray, right? And you're, you're a physicist. Can you tell us a little bit, how did you, how did you get from x-rays in hospitals to those exquisite images <laughs> and bioramas? How did you even think about it? And why did you do yeah. it? Yeah, that's, okay. Okay, not so easy to answer, but 
In that hospital, I also was engaged with the technicians who had to learn the possibilities of the X-rays. For example, how they can make a X-ray full of contrast, but on the other hand, for the patient as low as radiation as possible. So we practiced it. In practicing, you can't ask one of the technicians to make a, an X-ray of his head. That's not allowed, of course. So we used sheets of lead, sheets of aluminium, sheets of plastic, and so on, and so on. But yeah, that's not so interesting. So sometimes we went to the garden of the hospital and we took some flowers. And then I asked the technicians if it was possible for them to make a nice picture image, X-ray image of a flower. Mm-hmm. Now, then they were thinking and trying and practicing and so on and so on. And at the end, indeed, it was a nice, nice X-ray. It's not so difficult to X-ray uh, a flower. You need low energy X-rays and it's done. Yeah, then at some time, I had a lot of uh, analog X-rays of flowers. And at some time, I do not know for what reason, but I digitized them. I scanned them. Mm-hmm. A couple of days later, I added some color. And that was the start, I think. That pictures, that images were made in the hospital, but not in the clinical practice. And not using a clinical practice X-ray machine. An old machine was used. Yeah, somewhere in, uh, in a part of the hospital that was not used anymore. There we made our X-rays for learning the properties of X-rays. But at some moment, yeah, you asked for art and I didn't answer your answer question, I know. But uh, at some moment, the hospital went to a, to a new building. And then in that new building, there was no place anymore for an old X-ray machine that was not used for patients. So I took that X-ray machine with me. I hired a room somewhere uh, in the neighborhood of Deventer, the city where I live. I got a license to do the work what I like to do, making X-rays of flowers. But yeah, at some moment I added animals to it. To be clear and to be honest, that are all dead animals. I find them. A lot of traffic victims, mainly birds, but also mammals, mm-hmm. a fox, birds like a buzzard, a sparrowhawk, blackbirds, starlings. So I'm going to stop you for a second, Ari. I have a question for you. You actually sent me materials before the interviews, like you process videos. So I really know how you arrange those dead animals and what you do. But some of our listeners have no idea. So my question to you is, when I look at the images, at the images you create and dioramas, and even the image of the kingfisher feeding, I just mentioned that I, you know, came across in the book of birds, the kingfisher looks very happy and fully alive. So that's my question, (laughs) you know, you're talking about dead, right? Animals, plants, but how, why do they look so happy? How do, is it possible they look so happy and full of energy and life? What is it yeah. that you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> how are you bringing them back to life in your work? Yeah, 
okay, maybe they look alive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I need to say that they are dead, because it's not justified to x-ray animals, living animals, for, the pur- for my purpose, mm-hmm. only to make a nice picture. That's, that, that's not justified. But now, how does it look so, so alive? I really don't know. The only thing that I do is I try to compose a natural scene with dead animals, flowers and plants, and make an X-ray of it. Mm. So it's and, your arrangement, uh, it's, it's your composition. Yes. Mm-hmm. I make a composition. And uh, when the composition is made, then at one side of the composition, I position a analog X-ray negative, and on the other side, the X-ray tube, the X-ray machine, and the X-ray is made. In the same way as the X-ray in the hospital is made of my hand or my stomach and so on. Then the negative is processed, and then I see the result. And often, it's not good. It's because, let's say, the position of the leg of the animal is not natural. It's a dead animal and I do my very best to position it in a way that it looks like a living animal. But I'm not a biologist. So I have to be very critical about the way the animal is positioned. And often it's it's wrong. And then I see it when the negative is processed and I see, oh boy, the leg of that bird is positioned in a way that's absolutely impossible in nature. And I have to start again. So again, I'm going to interrupt. I'm sorry. So you really want all the animals, all the birds, to, you want to portray them in a very, very accurate way? Yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. I, I do my very best. Mm-hmm. And then when I've done it, I have made X-ray of a natural scene. Why should you call that art? No idea. When there are very famous photographers of nature, and I think also the the, the book that you mentioned, that that the really nice book, uh, Birds. I've ordered for it, but I not yet received it. Uh, I I assume that the book is full of nice nature, wonderful pictures. Yes. Not just pictures, yes, pictures of nature, but also sculptures that have to do with birds, photographs. Your artwork is very unique. There is no artwork like yours. Some drawings. So it's a collection of art on birds in different forms and shapes. Mm -hmm. See, when I look at your work, I I cannot stop looking. It just draws me into the scene. It feels also so realistic, but also so surreal in so mystical because it feels so real and full of life, but I do see it's an x-ray, you know? And first yeah. of all, when I learned, I didn't know if it's an actual x-ray or, and I thought, how is it possible to capture such a scene full of energy and life through an x-ray? And of course you answer it now, but I'm also seeing in some of those scenes and compositions, some of them are black and white and some have addition of color. So I'm curious about that. How do you do that? And when do you decide you want color and what should have color and how do you add color especially let's say in birds birds i think i love birds mainly because of their twittering mm-hmm. their singing and of their colors and in x-rays both are lost in the x-rays there is no singing from the birds and there is no color in the birds 
it's all black and white. And often I color in the combination of birds and flowers, I color some flowers. But I do not dare to color with Photoshop my birds or my animals. I think that I can never copy in Photoshop exactly that wonderful colors of that animals, especially that birds. And that's why in my pictures, the animals never are colored and the flowers, yeah, often, not always, but often are colored. Mm. And you're using Photoshop, you said, for that? Yes, I use Photoshop, yeah, yeah. I like to stress that, that it's not composed. I do not make, let's say, an X-ray of some uh, flowers. Okay, finished. And then separately, I make an X-ray of, of a bird. And then in Photoshop, I position the bird in the flowers. No, no. The complete scene is X-rayed in one shoot, all together. I see. That makes it technical a bit difficult. Only at the very end, you've X-rayed the whole composition, just one yeah. sitting. That's when you just play with color a little bit in Photoshop. And are you the one working in Photoshop or you have maybe an assistant helping you with that? Or you, it's all you doing all that work? I do it all myself. I saw your process video. I know how you do it. But I've noticed that when you arrange, for example, birds or animals, you use tape, right? To kind of position Sometimes them. Sometimes I use tape. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just kind of we stay together. Yeah. To, to, to fix parts of the animals mm -hmm. uh, close to the X-ray negative. Mm. And so let me ask you this. And I know this. Man, I know there might not be one answer or just answer for all your compositions, same answer. But how long does it take you to create one image? Because what it, it's not just taking an x-ray, right? You have to find all the objects you want to place in your composition, then you arrange them, and then you work on, let's say in Photoshop, if you want to add color to plants or flowers. Do you know how long it might take you to create a composition? Yeah, the greatest problem is, of course, uh, where do I get my, uh, my animals? Mm -hmm. And especially the wild animals. I mean the animals that, li that live free, mm -hmm. that are the traffic victims. That takes time, but I, yeah, I'm dependent on finding them. Mm -hmm. Fish I get from the market, mm -hmm. so that's not a problem. I go to the market, buy some fishes, that's okay. Reptiles also is not a problem. Reptiles, when they die uh, in the shop of the breeder, I can buy them or I get them and I can work with it. But, okay, let's start. How long does it take? Let's start. I have a, an animal. If I have that animal, then I go to the flower shop and I try to find some flowers and some plants that uh, connect to that specific animal. And I am very happy that today in the flower shops, even in the Netherlands, all kinds of plants, also tropical plants, are available. So when I get a chameleon, then I can... I can buy in the shop here in the Netherlands, uh, let's say a strelitzia. And I can position the chameleon on the strelitzia. And you will understand in the Netherlands, strelitzias don't grow. To make that composition, let's say, takes about now half a day, now a couple, let's say a couple of hours. Then the X-ray is a couple of minutes. Then the processing is a couple of minutes. 
then I see the result of the processing, and it's seldom in one shoot okay. So I have to repeat. I rearrange the, the composition a bit and make another X-ray. So let's say half a day and I have my, my X-ray. Now, then I think three quarter of a day working on Photoshop to just to set the levels, do some coloring. Mm -hmm. In principle, that's all what I do with Photoshop. I do not re rearrange in the composition. I only set the niveaus, the settings and the coloring. This is a wonderful example, which actually I share always with my students, that you don't have to master particular software. It's like knowing software to such an extent so you can tell your story or you can execute your idea concept because it's really about your creative thinking and critical thinking and ideas we have. And then we can use software to help us with that idea to convey it fully. And what's wonderful also about your work, you really navigate, mostly it's analog work, but it's not just analog. You are really moving in between those worlds because X-ray, that's already a digital tool. So you're using digital tool to capture that amazing scene. And then you really arrange by hand amazing scene. And like you said, the whole scene is created by you by hand and then just captured by x-ray and then you use occasionally photoshop to add a little bit of color to plants or flowers so you are a great example of a person moving in between those worlds analog and digital in a very comfortable yeah. manner you have this amazing work does your work get printed so okay it's printed in a book obviously well you have your website i know you share your work on instagram where else can your work be found do you sell prints? I know also, I, I was really excited when you shared with me that information about your latest project, Book for Children. Can you tell us where your work can be found? Yeah, indeed, I was very happy with that, with that book. I'm a bit proud of it, to be honest. Also because it, originally it was in Dutch, but it is translated in a number of, uh, of languages. And what's the title of the book? Can you tell us? The book in English. The title is Inside In and is published by Greystone. And it also was published in other languages. And I, I, loved, to, I loved to work on a book. There also were some exhibitions mm -hmm. in the Netherlands, but, uh, but also abroad. And I think mainly Asia in the, in the eastern part of uh, in China and especially a number of times in uh, South Korea but also in some other, other countries. Not in the most famous museum, to, to be clear. Yet, but, not uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also that was, that was nice doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, indeed, sometimes I, uh, I, I sell my prints in my website. And sometimes people ask me for a print. But to be clear, it's not for free. You have to pay for it. So if somebody orders from outside of Netherlands your work, they want to oh, yeah. purchase oh, yeah. a print, yeah. it's okay? They can do that through your website? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's easily. Mm -hmm. Today can be uh, sent all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to go back to your book for children. I want to ask why that title, right? Why Inside In? And also, it's for children, right? I think you did illustrations, right? What is the book about? And you're very proud of it. So I would like to hear a little bit more about it. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about it. They can order it knowing what it is. Uh, it's uh, the, the animals. They are built wonderful. 
how they are composed, the functionality, uh, complexity, beautifulness, and so on. The legs of the frogs, or the legs, or myself, they are all a bit the same. And that's for all, all, all animals. But that frog has changed his legs a bit, so he can jump. Functionality. The wings of a bird on X-ray, it's a bit my hand, but they have changed it a bit. The trachea of a snake looks on X-ray exactly the same as mine, and so on, and so on, and so on. So that's what I like in animals, and that's why I go more and more from the flowers, I started with flowers, to the animals' animals. In that book, Inside In, I didn't write the text, that was a writer of children's books. But he looks to the X-rays and he tells, yeah, in a way that is pleasant for children to read, he tells about what he sees on the X-ray. Some examples I just told you. So I hope that children will see the animals in this way. They will look inside that animals. And I think most children love animals. And I hope that this book will help to increase that love for animals. Love and appreciation, probably, right? Because what you seem to appreciate and feel so much in awe, even, is that I think it's the fact that animals are so similar. There are so many similarities between animals and us, humans, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. That's, what, that's what's wonderful. Also, books, prints, you have your website, Instagram account, and also you gave a TED Talk. I watched it. And sometimes you give interviews and so on. So I'm curious about that TED Talk. Can you, I'm going to share all that information, those links to where our listeners can listen to you more and learn about your work, see it and yeah. order it if they're interested on our website, crazybirdpodcast.com. But can you tell us a little bit about that TED Talk? What is your TED Talk about? I was asked to do it now TED Talk, TEDx Talks. First of all, I thought that it's not a subject that's for a TEDx talk. Why did you think so? Because a TEDx talk is, I think, often a more philosophic talk about what will happen in future, uh, what are we exploring, how do we look to people, what we can do, how can we solve the energy problem, what will happen to have, uh, happen with the climate, and so on, and so on. And I thought, and there am I, with a few X-ray images. What do I have to tell? I was very, very nervous. I was coached. And that was really necessary, because as you told in the beginning, uh, I am a physicist. I worked as a, as a medical physicist. So when I start talking about my work, after a couple of minutes, I start talking about X-ray tubes about currents and high voltage and so on and so on of course that's not interesting so that coach helped me what i should tell and what i should forget so she was of a, really of a great help for me to fill these eight minutes of that talk i was nervous it wasn't easy but after all it was a real 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 nice experience it was in groningen from the University of Groningen, north of the Netherlands. It was a great day. I will share a link to that talk on our website too. 
Once again, I wanted to say really, really big thank you, Arif, for joining our podcast today and sharing your work with our listeners and your creative process. It's fascinating to hear how you create those images, compositions, learning about it and knowing what it takes to create them. I always feel like when I know more about artists' work, I even have more appreciation. You know, I already was mesmerized by the images. I really appreciated your work before. But now knowing what it takes to create them and how much heart and energy you put into it, I even appreciate your work more. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. And one minute before we finish, I want to ask you, is there a new project you're working on or something you're about to start working or any plans you might have? some ideas or it might be a secret so you don't need to share with us (laughs) no i'm thinking thinking and thinking about the color of the birds it's such a pity that that color is lost in the x-ray i'm searching to combine the normal photo with the colors of the birds combined with my x-rays i would be happy if that that would be possible. And secondly, I once hope to uh, get the possibilities to realize another book. I have a lot more of animals than in the Inside In book. And I hope that it will be published uh, once uh, one, uh, also. Not as part two of Inside In, but book about uh, biological aspects of the animals. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to seeing another book. I'm, I'm still waiting. It's supposed to arrive, the book for children is supposed to arrive in mail in a couple of days. So I can't wait to see it. So once again, thank you Ari very much for joining us today. And I'm looking forward, like I said, to seeing your work in near future and talking to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Violeta. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Bird Podcast. The Crazy Bird Podcast is hosted by Violeta Kamińska. Our guest for this episode was Ari Van Triek. You can learn more about Ari's work on his website at xrayimagesofnature.nl, Facebook, X-Rays of Nature, and Instagram, Ari Van Triek. Our theme music is inspired by Tambourine by French composer François-Joseph Gosset. The improvisation is performed by Agnieszka Kowali. Nature sounds are recorded by Violeta Kamińska. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Violeta Kamińska.